0: Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bulletin. Welcome back to the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, the week of June twenty eighth, 2020, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to take this week's podcast, and I'm excited because we are in this really neat season. We'll be continuing on with the gospel reading that we've been getting out of Matthew. We kind of get these fun interesting readings that we've been getting from our old testament readings either going through genesis kind of chronologically a little bit and we'll continue that story this week or this week we are in jeremiah a little bit also that we're getting more and more of these awesome readings from paul and romans it's just a fun and exciting time and In all this chaos that's going on in our world, I think it's really interesting to be going through a lot of these readings because they are reading so differently. They're giving us such a different perspective when we're looking at these and when we're hearing these words of what God is calling us to do and realizing the limitations and different things that we're running into right now how it's causing us to expand our vision, expand our ideas on how do we continue to live out this mission that Christ sent out for us. And I think it's such a unique and awesome opportunity for us to be breathing new life and hearing these in such a different way than many of us have ever heard it before. And that's such an exciting and interesting thing to be looking at. And I think that'll be really exciting when we look at the readings for this week. But before we jump into this week's podcast, we have to look at last week's Twitter question. And the Twitter question from last week is, where do you realize and see the value of the hard work you do? And I got a really interesting one back from someone who has done youth work and that you don't always get to see the harvest of what you do, especially with young people. But you do see progress, and that's the labor of your work. And I know from my position, even though I haven't been in an extreme amount of time, I've definitely seen that, and I think it's a lot of things within life. It's that we see these little changes over a period of time, and that's where you make your difference, and the difference affecting people. And that's one of the best feelings on the face of the planet, is when you're noticing that whatever you are doing is making a difference in others and I think that's a unique and an amazing idea to work with especially with the text that we'll be getting into this week so let's jump right into them and unlike normal I'm going to jump right away to the first reading out of Jeremiah for two reasons. One, the gospel reading I think really brings a lot of this really well together. And two, it's such a short gospel reading. When we get to it, I will probably just read it to you. So let's just jump into it. The first reading is out of Jeremiah chapter 28 verses 5 through 9. There is a lot of backstory here because Jeremiah is talking with the last king of Israel and how the people need to turn back to God. And you're having this kind of infighting that's going on, especially between Jeremiah and the so-called prophet Hananiah, who he, Hananiah, makes this statement of how they should be going and fighting for Babylon. And this passage that we have this week is just such a short little selection of Jeremiah almost laughing at Hananiah. Just rebuking everything that he's saying and how he's not really listening to the Lord, that this is kind of coming from his own place and that prophets don't just proclaim themselves a prophet. It's that God anoints them. And you get this kind of famous part here coming from verse 9. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes true, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent this prophet. And this is such a powerful statement because Hananiah had just, again, stated, let's go to war and let's take on Babylon. And so it was this complete reversal of what had just been sent. But again, it's this idea that's coming through of listening to God, and even in the difficult times, understanding that the way and what God is trying to steer us toward is a better way than whatever we have on ourselves. The alternative first reading this week is from Genesis chapter 22 verses 1 through 14. Again, this is picking up the story fairly well from where we were last week with Ishmael and Hagar, and now we have Abraham. And he is told to take his son and go on this walk, and they're going to do a burnt offering. And so they go to this mountain, and they are setting up this altar. Isaac keeps asking, like, what are we going to be using for the sacrifice? Abraham says, God will provide. Don't worry about it to the point where then when God tells him to strap his own son Isaac to the altar that they have made, he does it, he's getting his knife ready to kill him. God then stops him and says, okay, Abraham, I see that you're willing to trust me through all this. There's a ram over here that's caught. That'll be used for your offering. Then he renames the place the Lord will provide and the Lord provided. But it's an interesting thing, especially when we look also at what had just happened the previous week. He sent away Hagar and Ishmael, his other son, and you have then Isaac. He's just about to kill him. And Abraham translates to father of many. So he's at this point where he almost looks like he's going to be a father of none. God then provides this ram. So this interesting correlation of seeing the different sides of God and also looking at this reading in different contexts. The psalm this week is Psalm 89 verses 1 through 4 and 15 through 18. And again, this is talking about the love that God has for us and that it continues to be faithful to that through all the generations and how we can see that through the generations of what we've been going through in the Old Testament up to this point, and seeing it in David, and that as we continue to go in this light, that God continues to bless us and help guide us, and that through that, then we are able to become the people of God, of who God is calling us to be. The second reading is out of Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 23. This is Paul doing Paul-like things, talking about how we are no longer bound by sin, and it doesn't mean that we are then continuing in that sin. But that by the grace of God that we continue to try to live these obedient lives trying to put aside our sin as we are trying to follow him and understanding that this is a gift that we have been given that the sins have been forgiven and that this is leading to eternal life. So thus as part of understanding and doing that work, absorbing that work, being able to pay homage to that work, we then are trying to put aside our sinful selves. But Paul even recognizing in this that we have our own limitations with being human and that it's great on paper to be able to say that, but there are human limitations limit us from really fulfilling this to the fullest extent of what we would all want to do. The gospel text this week is out of Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. This continues on the, what we have been hearing for the last two weeks. So we had disciples being sent out. We had the difficult text last week of the law, the good and the bad of the law. And so we continue that this week. Starting in verse 40, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of the prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives a cup of cold water to the one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward." And it's amazing how short that reading is, but there's really a lot going into it. Realizing that the welcoming is not just of us being welcomed into the town, remembering that we had the disciples being sent off, but also that we are doing the welcoming on the behalf of God to these other people. And spinning this around, remembering that this is what he is telling his disciples to be doing. The prophet's reward being that we can kind of even see from Jeremiah sometimes isn't necessarily a fruit at that moment, and like we talked about last time, but sometimes it's the fruit that's coming later. And it's same with understanding this righteousness, that righteousness isn't just this instantaneous reward, it's something that we maybe see on the back end of things. We also have to remember the word cold water, and cold water is not something that's readily available. This is water that is coming straight from the well, and that wouldn't have been extremely common. You would have had to be at the well putting down your bucket to get cold water. Also, one other quick thing to notice with this is in Matthew's gospel, whenever he is talking about little ones, it's not talking about children. It's talking about us in the faith, that we are still little ones and still learning on what it means to be walking out the faith. So there's a lot there and a lot to digest and a lot to think about. So before we get into how talking faith and science and how these all come together this week we have to do our shameless plug for working preacher if you haven't checked out working preacher i'd highly recommend it between their sermon brainwaves podcast their commentaries their discussions Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis. I love hearing their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, having four different seminary professors from Luther Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota, giving me insight and looking and guidance on how to interpret those, along with commentaries from multiple other biblical scholars along with the other discussions that go on on their website. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it because without them, I don't know how easy this podcast would happen, and I use them on a week-to-week basis. Whew. Talking a lot here, and it's definitely one of the things that when we're looking at these texts, God providing, being patient for God Being willing and able to the best of our abilities to put aside our things that make it difficult for us to live this out. And I think arguably the hardest of them is us truly doing what Jesus is talking about with the welcome. Not only that we are welcoming others, but ourselves letting ourselves be welcomed. And what does that actually look like? What does it actually mean to welcome someone? I was thinking about this and there's a lot of different ways we can look at this, but there are two different examples within science that I think are absolutely fascinating to the point where one, we really don't fully understand how it works truly. And the second one that I think exemplifies how we have to be welcoming. And especially in the chaos and the world of which we've been going through, I think this is a good message to be thinking about and contemplating. So the first thing I want to talk about today is the Portuguese Man of War. Portuguese Man of War, it's a siphonophore. And there's 175 species of these siphonophores, most of them living in the deep ocean. So it makes it very difficult for scientists to be able to study, especially that they are fairly fragile creatures. And the thing that makes the Portuguese man of war such an interesting thing to look at is that it's related to a jellyfish, but we aren't exactly sure if it's one organism or four organisms coming together as one. Let me explain. When you are looking at a Portuguese man of war, and again, I'll tr- have this photo attached down below, there's Four different parts of it that are all zooids that have this budding system on how they reproduce in these weird ways. But they all have these specialized tasks that they have. So you have these tentacles that are really good at helping it propel through the water and along with also helping capture prey. You have the gastoids, which digest the prey along with having a stinging sensation, which gives us a severe pain, but a lot of fish species will kill. You have the gonozoids, which are a gonad and helps them reproduce. And then you have this floating sail-like thing that's a gas that helps it move across the water, hence it gets its name Portuguese Man of War because it kind of looks like one of these Portuguese warships. And these tentacles, it's amazing, they're 50 meters long or about like 165 feet long to be able to sting things and bring things in. It's this crazy, weird creature. But what's really weird is we can't decide if it's a colonial organism or a single complex animal. A colonial organism is defined as a group of organisms that work together, but can function individually. They prefer to work together, but can function individually. Comparing that to a single complex animal where there are individual units that can't survive on their own, like organs within your body. You have a liver, you have a heart, you have a lung. They help make up you but they can't live by themselves this is where the portuguese man of war gets really interesting because the reproduction system with these it's all budding so it's not budding in the four different sections of what we talked about so it's not doing it in the typical manner and that each of these have a super super specialized skill So like the nymphocytes out of the dactozoids are the tentacles that come out of this thing and it help it propel through the water, but it doesn't eat. It helps propel it, but it doesn't eat. It gets that energy coming from the gastrozoids, which eat, but they don't entirely understand how all of these communicate back and forth. They don't fully understand how all of this comes together. So as we can see, we have these super specialized skills that they can do things, but they couldn't just function by themselves, but they need each other to be able to function. And so thus, we really don't know how to classify these animals. But I think it's a really beautiful image of us understanding the welcome of what Jesus is talking about. We all need each other and that there are different skills and abilities that we have. So we have to be willing and able to welcome people in God's name and welcome people to get them to understand who Christ is because maybe they're a super specialized trait that helps this thing called the church move in ways that we can't do it. It's one of the beautiful and difficult things that we talk about with church is faith is both a very individualistic thing, but it is just as much a community thing. Without one or the other, it doesn't work. You need the community to be able to move forward in your faith, but you need your own personal faith to be able to benefit the community. This Portuguese man of war kind of shows that. There's individualistic skills that they literally couldn't survive without the community of other parts. The gastoids could eat all this stuff, but it wouldn't be able to move anywhere. So how likely is it to actually find its prey? You have these tentacles that go out behind to help capture fish and help propel it forward. But how does that do anything else? How does it think? How does it reproduce? It needs all of it to come together. And again, like usual, there'll be links down below. But maybe you're having a hard time saying, Tyler, I barely understand how this creature works, much less being able to see it as an example. And I can understand that. There's another example that I think we can look at that really shows this really well. Within your own cell, you have your DNA. Right, And that's what uses to be able to make copies of your cells so that we can continue to make who you are genetically and be able to continue to replace cells as they get old and die. That's true. But also within your cell, there is a second set of DNA that is slightly different, and that's in the mitochondria. And there's a couple things that I'll attach down below talking about it. But from what we can tell, we somehow absorbed a mitochondria into eukaryotic cells about 1.4 billion years ago and what a mitochondria does for the cell is it's the powerhouse of the cell it's what is providing energy for the cell thus energy for your body to be able to do the things that your body needs to do by the cell being able to have this mitochondria and having its own mitochondrial DNA, so it's a little bit different than the rest of the cell's DNA, it allowed the cell to be freed up to be able to do other different things because your power source was essentially already taken care of and it was focusing on that. And one of the theories that I know that I've heard about the mitochondria was it probably joined our eukaryotic cells partially because it was a good protection place. With being in within our cells, it helped it be protected. There are other things within our cell that we can do decently well at protecting the DNA and protecting the nucleus and protecting the different things within the cell that the mitochondria just doesn't have. It was a mutually beneficial decision for this to happen. But again, we think about this in the concepts of the church and that we need each other to be able to move forward and do the mission of what Christ is telling us to do. And so when we are looking at this text where Christ is telling us to welcome those with essentially Christ-like welcome, whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And remember, they are going out so whoever as they meet along the way that they are welcoming and accepts their welcome is welcoming christ in them and whoever welcomes me so jesus at this point welcomes the one who sent me so that this is a connection point for them in their faith see when i hear this prophet's reward the prophet's reward is just the ability of being able to welcome the Spirit into that place. Welcome Jesus into that place. Have that conversation of what is going on in the Spirit there. Understanding that together we are stronger than we are on our own. Understanding that there are times when we need that cold glass of water for us to grow Because we're having a rough day, we're growing in the faith, we're a little one. And it's those little things that when we're welcomed and supported and helped along the way, when we take the time to be God in those situations, that's when we don't lose the faith. It's those times and those moments that when people are able and willing to walk alongside to help people in their faith, that's when we as a church are being the church and actually helping our members be who God is wanting us to be. We all know of times within our lives when things were going hard or being extremely difficult That when someone walks alongside, that it helps us. See, Jeremiah, when he was preaching, was talking to the king of the Israelites, saying, you need to turn this ship around. You've lost your way. What you need is peace. We have Abraham, this father of many, Willing to lay down his son. Why? Because he's listening to what God is telling him to do. Letting God be in that space. And trusting that God will be there and will provide in that time. The psalm exemplifying how when we do this, the whole second half, 15 through 18, is what this brings out of us. And how life is easier when we do this. And Paul writing to the Romans that You can try and realize that you and your human capability is at times going to let you down, but continue to strive for that goal. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to continue to be that welcome to people. Whether it's virtually in this time, but also making a point and emphasis to reach out and continue to be that welcome Because we don't know when that person on the other end is really going to need it. And when they welcome us into that conversation, they are welcoming Christ into that conversation. We don't know if we are going to be that cold glass of water or are we the little one alongside them and that we're going to let God speak and we learn as we have that conversation. As we continue to do this, we will continue to see the gifts, the rewards that it puts in there of what Christ is trying to do in our lives. Sometimes the rewards are obvious, but a lot of times they're not. A lot of times it's very subtle, and sometimes it's things that we recognize way later. Those gifts, those little things that help us along the way. So the Twitter question this week will be, When has welcoming someone benefited not only them, but you in your life? When has a welcome benefited not only the person you welcome, but also you in your life? Because I know for me, with being engaged and the person that I'm engaged to, that was our story. There was times when I welcomed her and she needed someone there And the more time that I spent learning about this person, the more I realized that I was needing a welcome just as much as she was. It shows again that beautiful verse and passage coming out of Romans that we are broken people and our own sin will catch up with us and it's the problem that we have in this life. But as we continue to try to be righteous and continue to try to be fulfilling the promises that God has for us. It's then do we see and realize that God is still working and that we can start seeing the gifts of what God is doing in our lives. Whether it's the simple thing of a mitochondria creating this powerhouse within the cell but needing protection and our eukaryotic cells loving to be able to focus on more things than just creating atp for us to be able to make energy or whether it's a complex simple organism of a portuguese man of war having four different possible organisms coming into one to the point where we don't even fully understand how it works and the whole group of siphonophores and how they work but we can also see in all of that The benefits of coming together and welcoming people and being the hands and feet to go and welcome people is sometimes the moment that what people are really needing. Being the hands and feet of Christ isn't always an easy or beautiful thing, but it's a needed thing. And as we are walking into this weird world that 2020 has continued to be, being the hands and feet and being that welcome and challenging ourselves to go out and be That welcome might be exactly what our world needs today. So are you going to be the welcome that someone needs? So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.